Hello and welcome to Horror. This is a fortnightly podcast in which myself, Lee, and Adam will be taking our friend Chris on a journey through the twisted world of horror cinema in the hopes of introducing him to some of the many delights the genre has to offer. The premise is very simple. We will sit down together and watch a film. As soon as it's finished, we will sit down and record the podcast immediately afterwards. As such, it will be very spoiler-heavy, and we do suggest you watch the film yourself before listening to the podcast, not only so we don't spoil it, but also so you know exactly what we're talking about. At the end of each discussion, we'll decide what film we'll be watching next, and we'll let you know so you have a fortnight to watch it yourselves, and then come on our journey with us again. Along the way, there will be facts, laughs, opinions, probably quite a lot of swearing. Any full frontal nudity will be completely irrelevant, as this is audio only. So, with the introduction over, it's now time for the podcast. Thanks for listening. glass of wine moment yes right so we're sitting watching Stand Against Evil Um, she has it's midweek I've had a particularly awful day so I said let's open a bottle of wine but we'll have weak sized glasses not your crazy weekend big pimp motherfucker glasses Mm. we'll just have little small sensible midweek glasses not out the fishbowl exactly pour a glass of wine she manages to knock it over and get it on A, my speaker cabinets, my rear speaker cabinets, obviously, B, all down the wall, and C, straight into a plug socket, blowing wow. the power in mm. the entire house. Anyway, on that note, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Horror. Um, I'm Lee. I'm Chris. And I'm Adam. Uh, and we are here yet again, and we've just come out of watching Krampus for the beginning of our Christmas marathon. Oh. Yeah, we have a raging fire going. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, we have a fire going. Um, just because if there's one thing that Krampus has taught us, you always keep, fire. Keep, fire the fire going. Going. Yeah. keep the fire going. Fortunately, Lee did manage to light it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised actually. It's a lot trickier than it appears. I don't know, I think you've done a fine job this. Yeah, oh, you. you might be able to hear it crackling away. So, Adam, have you watched anything horror related since our last <laughs> meeting? <laughs> well, I have, I have watched one thing, but I think it might be a fairly specific thing. Okay. People may want to try and recreate it at home, I don't know. Basically, the other day I got somewhat worse for wear. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, you never. Yeah, um, and I ended up. It was about two o'clock in the morning, and I what? No, I listened to various old nineties WWF wrestling theme tunes mm. whilst <laughs> watching over and over and over again the same YouTube video of Kim Jong Un's North Korean parade that he did last year. And we're fucked. Right. Because the it, thing it, on YouTube. Scrap yeah. this, let's go and watch that. It was. <laughs> seriously, if you put two things that I put, the, the ones I found were the music for Mr. Perfect and Earthquake, 
there's a whole series of these. This isn't like a one-off weird thing. It's no, this a, is a, this is like a nine-minute video. And seriously, with that backing music, it's the apocalypse. <laughs> I was just like, this is this is bad. <laughs> the the only redeeming bit was when there was a picture. There was a bit where it was Kim Jong Un in a a little white suit, smiling and doing a little dance. And that happened to coincide with uh, the music for the Honky Tonk Man coming on. <laughs> so it was a pic- it was Kim Jong Un doing that with uh, I'm cool, I'm cocky, I'm bad. And uh, yeah, that sort of lightened the mood. But the rest of it was fucking terrifying. So just lots of uh, lots of marching, lots of guns, lots of explosions. Um, yeah, just like oh Christ, you know he he can actually back this up. Game over, man. Yeah, <laughs> game over, man. What the fuck are we supposed to do? You know, it's really funny you say that. One of my two things that I wanted to bring up this evening, horror related, which I've watched this week. One, I went back and rewatched Near Dark because Yay. I've not seen it in a very long time. Um, yeah, and that was what stood out for me was. Um, the mighty Bill Paxton. The mighty mm. Bill Paxton's performance. Um, so I've really got to watch that, haven't I? Yeah. We'll cover it, so. definitely, because right. Near Dark's just a... a I've, I've heard a things. fucking work of art. Yeah. Okay. It is a work of art. It's a fantastic... And, and Bill Paxton... Bill Paxton and um, Lance Henriksen, as always, mm. they just... But even the kid actors... Wait, wait, go on, go on, Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen. Uh, he's Bishop also in Aliens. Ah, uh, yeah. okay, yeah. Um... But he's got a, an illustrious horror career. Mm. Um, in one of my all-time favourites, he's in Pumpkinhead. Yeah. In the Full Moon Pit and the Pendulum. He is. Yes, he plays. Um, Torquemada, isn't he? He does play Torquemada. Um, also, he's in uh, Millennium, the TV series. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I do. That's just brought back some weird memory. I must have watched it. Is he like some guy who figures stuff out? Yeah, he was like an FBI profiler. Yeah, but he, but that probably because that's the that was Chris Carter's follow up to the X Files. Uh, so okay. that's why that's everyone was watching of, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a great series. I did, I really loved it. I mean, it was it was a great series, but it was also one of those series where it's like, yeah, this is just needlessly depressing. Well done. <laughs> you know, that's the way I like it. And also the woman who plays Vasquez from Aliens mm. is also... Jeanette Goldstein. Yes, she is also in Near Dark. Did you know she now runs a boutique in Hollywood? A bra shop? Yes. Yeah, for larger breasts. Exactly. Yes. Um, so I watched that, that was phenomenal. And then, day before yesterday, I watched The Limehouse Golem. Oh, what did you think? Because I've read the book and I really liked it, but I don't... Wait, know. Golem or Golem? Golem. Golem. Why Golem? Because that's, that's what it. Gollum by strange people. Go, no, Gollum is the uh, is the character in uh, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But Gollum is a creature from Jewish folklore that gets brought up from the rocks. No, yeah, from yes. made from clay. Made clay. Made okay. clay. Yeah. And you write on a piece of paper what you want him to do and put it into his mouth, and he mm. will perform the, that act. I'm going to have to look this up. Yes. There's a very good uh, segment in Treehouse of Horror with There is a very good segment in Treehouse of Horror. There's also yeah. a very good silent film called, uh, just called The Golem. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is it De Golem? De Golem, yeah. yeah. 
from 1930-something. Very possibly. It's very early. Yeah, it is, yes. Um, but, and weirdly enough, that's actually one of the few things that was influential, you know, film that was early enough to be influential on the Boris Karloff uh, Frankenstein. They do take some elements of his look. Mm. I mean, not entirely, but he is sort of quite squared off, isn't he? He is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's sort of that. Yeah, that kind of works for it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed the film. I've got oh. to say, um, I've really enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd go back to it any time soon mm. because I don't think it had an awful lot of original. Material. It mm. felt like it felt like a Jack the Ripper. Ripper. Yeah, it's that it's that um, setting, isn't it? Yeah. That time period. But aesthetically, it was fantastic, and it was it was a really if you like the Victorian aesthetic and you like a um, a very who done it because yeah. it keeps you trying to guess who is Dan the, Leno in it. Dan Leno is in it. Yeah, and the guy who the book's plays called Dan, Dan Leno. Leno and the Limehouse Golem. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. The guy who plays Dan Leno in it is. Um, actually, I did make a note of that. They're they're all lesser known actors, pretty much, and they were all apart from Bill Nye, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they were all fantastic. There wasn't a, there wasn't a poor actor in it. I really thought it was. And Karl Marx is in it. Yes. Interesting. But yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really well written. It looked amazing. Let's say it's just a shame that it didn't. It didn't have anything that really made it stand out. It was one of those. If I'm, it, it, if you're in the mood for a specific type of film, mm. that's probably going to be in your top three. But you're probably going to go and watch From Hell above it every time. Yeah, I would have said because that was what it reminded me of. But I mean that that, that said From Hell. Once you, the comic completely fucks the film mm. because the comic is just basically a proper study of the Jack the Ripper murders mm. rather than Corbrano's Cockney Hello. <laughs> that was an amazing um, impersonation there. Because it's, well, it's basically a piss poor David Bowie. Which <laughs> in many ways is very true. <laughs> but yeah, Robbie Coltrane's in. From Hell with L.C. Doors. Yeah. And, and Ian Holm, he's fucking good, isn't he? Ian Holm, yeah, yeah, Ian Holm is fantastic. He's, um, he's Bilbo, isn't he? Yeah, and yeah. Ash. I like Ian Yes. No, he's, he's good. Wait, Ash and Odeon? He's Bilbo. Is he? Yeah. I thought so again. It's weird. It's a weird thing, and it's just a, a, a slight connection, but Lord of the Rings will come up a bit later. Mm. Oh. So, yeah, I will, uh, when, we, when we get there. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I'm excited. That, I say on that teaser, we should probably drop into it then. So, with the fire now happily roaring and Adam bopping away over there, I'm happy. Chris, what did you uh, make of Krampus? Twisted Christmas. Be careful what you wish for. Uh, yeah, I think that's a good mm. a good summary. And yeah, uh, like great fun. Mm nice idea of family coming together but in a weird sort of way but <laughs> probably not that weird for a lot of families really well yeah just with a few extra horror scary things some weird 
Like, what is he? Is it goat? Is it goat man? See, this is what I loved was the the fact that it's such a deformed thing. So yeah. he's got goat's legs, huge rams. But, but then a but face then appears when you see his face, it's an old man's yeah. face. The, the mouth never moves, but it's an old yeah. man's face. I, oh, I Adam's getting that. excited. I hear his pages rustling. The, f- the face... <laughs> The face, according to oh yeah, the, it's uh, a real person, is it? Um, John Carpenter. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> actually, yeah, because like it it's, dire- it's directed by Michael Doherty, mm-hmm. who obviously we uh, watched Trick or Treat for our Halloween season. This man, great, is, yeah, great um, stuff, yeah. Uh, but obviously, he got Brian Cox dressed up as John Carpenter, so maybe he it, just did the same Krampus, thing, you know, yeah. with Krampus. He's just got a thing for old men. <laughs> <laughs> but um, apparently. The it's because I was looking for it this this time, like having looked into it. Um, apparently, that's meant to be a mask. It wears a Santa mask. See, it gave that impression because, the, as I say, the mouth never moved. It was yeah. like, It was a bit like last week with um, Thanks Killing, where it just <laughs> hung that man's <laughs> face on the end of it. Yeah. Slightly different yeah. version of it, but definitely, yeah. He and did forget the beard. Oh, I thought he was beardy. I was thought it was like a bit. Yeah, but it's was. a bit difficult to tell because yeah. the chin's because okay. it's such a distorted. It was a bit scream, isn't it? So it's like uh, yeah. I might I have think, been distracted by the profound sadness, but you might yeah. have been. I mean, that's. Can I just say that's probably the best name for a goth band I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> distracted by the profound sadness <laughs> in my pointy shoes as I look out the window. <laughs> Is that the other the other thing it had in common with last week's film of Thanksgiving was the that it had the little animated bit in the middle mm. that was absolutely yes. brilliant. But also, Trick or Treat had those like the um, the comic bits, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The panels, yeah. The little sort of comic panels, and and that was like slightly animated. And yeah, I thought this was just a real. I loved it. It was like the. Um, it reminded me not. It was not dissimilar to like the Tim Burton stuff, like Nightmare Before mm. Christmas. Mm. Um, also reminded me the initial bits reminded me of the old Judderman vodka advert. Oh yeah, you know yeah. it's those sort of string puppet sort of theatre looking sort of stuff. And uh, it's all right. We're not on fire yet. Yeah, no, it's all right. But um, yeah, and but also. The Christmas film that they're watching on the iPad. Well, mm. I'm assuming because oh, the, the elf. Yeah, that thing. is that is season's greetings. The film that Michael Dur- like the short animated film that Michael Darty did before Trick or Treat. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm also assuming that it must be a. I'm I'm assuming it's a different tablet. I'm assuming it's not an iPad because they do make. First of all, they make the statement that the the relatives, like the the um, uh, the family, like the visiting family, are less well off, and also the battery lasted for any you know for over half an hour. So I'm assuming <laughs> that it's not in any way, shape, or form a fucking Apple Link, product. Yes, I think you're probably very right in that assumption. You know, so um, I'd probably agree. Though iPad batteries seem to last quite a long time. Oh, do they? Yeah. Uh, you see, um, I've never seen one. Not in real life. <laughs> I've, I've Are you another anti-Apple person? No, no, I've got an iPhone. 
Oh, well, yeah, yeah. That's they, the reason I'm anti Apple. They, they don't. Because I have to put up with the fucking battery. <laughs> the batteries they... don't last that No. Time. And also the fact that they give you. What in Cock's name is going on with giving you like a fucking two inch cable? Oh, the prick. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but this is this is of no use. You spent eight hundred pounds on a phone. You can only charge it if you're within eighteen inches of a computer. Yeah, <laughs> billion gates, and you. That's that's the wrong one. And it what's his name? Jobs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the Krampus, the Krampus is actually a, a, a thing. It's like a creature from sort of Austro-Germanic folklore. Hopefully not too real. Well, I mean, it's basically, um, it's sort of in Austria, Bavaria, Croatia, um, Czech Republic, Hungary, Slovenia, even bits of Italy. They have this tradition. The name derives from the German word Krampen, meaning claw. Um... Generally depicted as a black or brown hairy demonic creature with goat horns, often with cloven hooves, or sometimes with one human foot and one cloven foot. That's a very strange, yeah. very and, specific thing. And a long red tongue. So obviously the, oh, the, that, 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 that comes into it. The horns are definitely there. It's obviously got the cloven hooves in And this. they did only show one footprint, I think. That's, I don't, yeah, I didn't, I think, yeah, I think you right. only saw one foot at a, at a point, yeah. And um, they of- he will often carry, uh, be depicted carrying chains, um, with possibly with bells and things like that. So obviously that's that's in there as well. Um, sometimes carrying a birch and or a sack. Uh, essentially, he is what's referred to as a companion to Saint Nicholas, which is obviously they where we get Santa Claus from. Just say they did make a comment. I'd, I'd never picked up on it before this watching. This is probably a third time I've seen it. Mm. But yeah, she did say it's Saint Nicholas, Saint Nicholas's shadow. Yeah, which mm. I've never picked up on before. But I was like, oh, that's quite an interesting yeah. idea that he's the darker version of. He's kind of the anti Santa. Yeah, right. but also, why is it Santa Claus? Because you just said claws. That's Klaus. Yeah, yeah. So Klaus. What is that? I think I don't know where that derives from. Because we've got Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. What is Santa Claus? Klaus. Santa Santa Claus is just, or Father Christmas is just the adaption of the Saint Nicholas figure. So Saint Nicholas goes around rewarding good children essentially mm, at Christmas yeah. and that's where we get the modern take on Christmas with Father Christmas coming and delivering mm. gifts um, so yeah St Nicholas rules children with presents whereas the Krampus thrashes bad children with the birch and or places them in a sack to be taken away and probably devoured and what did you get last Christmas? I got a lump of coal lovely yeah I got whipped no I got whipped. I got whipped with an inch of my life, and I was stiff as a board. <laughs> so, so he's yeah. So there's Krampus Nacht, which precedes Christmas, and it's usually the night before Saint Nicholas Day or Nicholas Taug, uh, which is December the sixth. Children leave their shoes outside their door. If in the morning the shoes have got a gift in them, they have been good. If the shoes contain a rod or birch, they have been bad, 
and Krampus will be coming back for. So he's basically, uh, I mean, they believe that it predates Christian folklore, mm. but he's something that sort of stems from something far older. Yeah. But essentially, he got he's in there in a weird. Um, he's in there in a, in a sort of weird, as I say, anti-Santa. So the good kids get rewarded by Santa. The Krampus comes along and either beats or just steals the badly behaved children. So like a lot of fairy stories, it's basically behave yourself or the bogeyman gets you. So, Seems like yeah. a great parent, didn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. And not to be too harsh to the Christians, but they do seem to be a little late to the party on most things. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, really, I mean, when you see the depictions of it, because, I mean, it's, it's been... I think it became... I think it became sort of a... It became something that wasn't really in Nazi Germany and, like, during the Second World War, it was a thing that had been like a lot of stuff where they regarded it as decadent so it was sort of wiped out and then uh, well not wiped out but it was um, a lot less prevalent well yeah and, and discouraged you know yeah. like sort of jazz and things like that <laughs> and, no seriously jazz was considered decadent by the Nazis so they didn't what? like jazz yeah seriously yeah, I know it's pretentious but I don't know about decadent well this is the thing yeah but it's, I think it's just well, the it's idea one end at the other beginning perhaps I think they pref- they preferred um Oh, there's a term. Leader. A uh, leader, which is basically... Unpub. Sh- yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's what it is. So they sort of did that. and So there were various art forms and various folklores and things that were sort of reduced down. But nowadays, uh, Krampus Nacht is actually celebrated. And um, in Austria in particular, people, like they have Krampus... Walks and street parties and yeah. things near I've Christmas. Seen those, yeah. yeah, and everyone's sort of dressed up as big shaggy goat people, and yeah, so that's like a. See, this is what I loved about this. It's it's the the kind of the remake thing. Mm. So <clears throat> there was a a proper super low indie movie came out the year before this yes. called Krampus, mm. um, which I did watch, but it was a long time ago. I don't remember an awful lot about it. But again, it was a good film for people on a thanks-killing-style budget. Right. And then the very next year, Michael Doherty, having done so well with Trick or Treat, mm. suddenly went and did this. And I was like, no, that's a that's a proper remake. That's somebody taking an idea and seeing it and going, that's a fantastic idea, but it didn't have the money behind it or it didn't have the effects or whatever it needed let's redo it so was the was the other one the same plot then no the other one was oh, a lot right. more um a lot more basic it yeah. didn't have the it's funny because what i loved about this is if you told so if we'd said to chris oh you're going to watch a film this evening it's a horror film about um a christmas demon um and it's killer gingerbread men mm. it's a killer jack in the box it's a killer angel from the top of a tree and a killer robot, you'd go, well, that's that wouldn't... clearly ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And it is very ridiculous. But he somehow makes it menacing mm. in a very... So you, you, so you are laughing at it the whole time because it's so ridiculous. But equally, it isn't 
pure comedy. It's not. But I think that's they did a good job. I think of having the the story running below that, which was the boy who was questioning Christmas. Yeah. Wasn't it throughout? Mm. He obviously wrote the letter, and he just wished that his family weren't a load of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> and and so who and it like it was given an opportunity to all of them to redeem themselves. So yeah, and like, some did, and some yeah. Like I, they kind I sort of felt like they all did in a way. Um, I guess more some more than others. But like to so say the uh, the um, main guy, the main dad. Yeah. Um, he at first came across as a bit of a wimp, and you know, that yeah, he was portrayed like that. And then the other guy was too the other way. He was too yeah, gun yeah. hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But then they sort of balanced Met each other a bit. Yeah, and said, "I, oh, you know, we've both got good qualities, and we can work together." And and it sort of gave everyone that bit. Uh, so many aren't. She at some point started shooting things, and well, also, yeah, also some, really pulled it back. Yeah. So so they all sort of did shine at some point in mm. some way. Um, I think also because the aunt is sitting there comforting the baby. Yeah, that as well, yeah. For a very so, long time. So she time. showed yeah. both she could be yeah, a bit if shooting it, guns and a bit caring, given mm-hmm. the right opportunity or yeah. the right circumstance. So, uh, yeah, I saw, like, that to me was the underlying story, was coming together at Christmas and all ignoring your negatives and appreciating your positives. Mm. So Yeah, so it's almost as if Krampus made them... Yeah. Do the actual, yeah. you know, really not celebrating or anyway. bring out the best in each of them. Yeah, ultimately. which is what Christmas should, should be in theory. Yeah, but you shouldn't have to be in a life-threatening situation. Mm. Well, but maybe it takes that for. It's uh, the ad- some it's, people. It yeah, probably does for me to be. Because yeah. he uh, also because the the dad sort of sets it up as well where it's trying to find what you do have in common. Mm. Yeah, and at yeah. this point, what you have in common is adversity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, literally life-threatening, you know, situation, and an absurd one at that. Yeah, but uh, like I, I, it, it jarred me a bit because it attacked the girl first, and I was like, oh, that's a bit harsh because she was all right. She wasn't awful. Yeah, no, no, like so it was okay. They've done this for a reason, and yeah, that sort of really sets the you know this is a they're making it serious. Yeah, you you got to start getting on with this now. Like so, but there was a like you said, you know, it was uh, to that point, it was almost like you were watching National Lampoon yeah, Christmas Vacation yeah, no, or something. Was, yeah. It was just mm. pure comedy, yeah. and it was pure. Oh God, these people are dicks, and then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, your mm. daughter's dead. And yeah. like, what the? Where, where, where did that come from? Yeah, like, it sets, just totally mm. switches very. But then it switches very fast, which catches you off guard. So then when it brings in the ridiculous killer characters, mm. you're so you're so off kilter that you just kinda go, Yeah, no, yeah. that's that's fine, a killer sure. angel off of the top of a tree that's gonna just rip somebody's face off. That's that's acceptable because that's no more unusual than what we've already seen. That's the, that's also the eighties bit. In a weird way, because that's the little critters bit. Yeah. Because yeah. And lo- like, actually, funnily enough, like we were saying with critters, it's again that thing where the family, like, especially like in that one where in critters where it's the brother and the sister, mm. have been like at each other's throats, but then because of the situation, they actually turn it round, and it's like, no, actually, you know, we do love each other. We are looking out for yeah. each other. Yeah. And it's a similar sort of thing, but again, it's like critters. It's like gremlins. It's little 
funny little bastards. Folks, <laughs> yeah. but and, those, and those ginger women did give the dog a chance to shine. Yes. yes. Chomped on that one. Yeah. The gingerbread men, incidentally, because you said you, you spotted in there there was a robot chicken poster. Yeah, mm. the robot chicken poster in the boys' in the main bedroom. boys' bedroom. Yeah. Um, well, one of the uh, one of the voices of the gingerbread men was Seth Green. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> and he obviously doesn't get much of a credit on it. But also, one of the others is uh, Justin Roiland, who's the guy who created Rick and Morty and does the voices of Rick and Morty. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's quite a there's there's quite a lot of people. There's quite a, there's the, like two big names doing not even not recognisably yeah. sort of stuff because they've like pitch shifted and everything. But yeah, they're in there. Um, which but I there was, was really there was cool. a fairly high profile cast. Was it was. Yeah. I, I recognised the dad from. Um, he was just in the good. The good place as the crazy weird devil guy. I know him because he was in Step Brothers. Yeah, he's Derek, the yeah, the Will Ferrell's Dick younger brother. brother. Yeah, um, I recognise the obviously the the other father because again from Will Ferrell yeah, movies, yeah, he's, he's in Anchorman. In, yeah, 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 His wife is the woman from Fargo season one, who I'm so glad to see her in something else because. She was astonishing in that, and I'd have been gutted if I hadn't seen her in anything again. The wife, wait, the wife of so the, the wife of Chad Kind, the crazy gunman. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So, so his wife. She? So she was in the Fargo in Fargo, the okay. TV show, right. season one. She's the main cop in it. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah. So she's brilliant. a bit. She's a bit ditzy oh, in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, totally yeah okay. That's what and, I've seen. But, it. Okay. Alison Tolman mm. yeah. is that actress's name. Okay. She's so good. You've got David Coencher, who is Howard, who, like, like we said, from Anchorman. Um, the dad, uh, Adam Scott, he also... Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched Parks and Recreation, but he's in that. I did oh, start no. watching that. Ben Wyatt. He okay. was, he's like one of the main characters in that. But also, it's, it wasn't until I was... Again, I was looking this up and watching it back... He's in fucking Hellraiser four, mm. right? Where you know, you know, there's because in the in the old segment where it's the actual box being created. That's what, for the Duke. That's, that's the good section. Yeah, the Izel. Yeah, the Duke de Izel. Um, yeah, he's his assistant, Jacques. Oh, who, shit. who ends up like bringing the girl who they turn into Angelique. Yes. And then ends up living for years into the present day until she gets bored of him and rips his face off. That is the that is. A, do you know what Hellraiser Four is fantastic for that section? And then as soon as it goes back into the space section, it's a piece of shit. I love that bloody film. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. I like it because it's it's an anthology film. It's Hellraiser. It is Anthology. It's film. just yeah. Also, loads of characters in it, and named uh, there's like named after other sci-fi shows. There's a Rimmer in there and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just yeah. But um, yeah, I tell you what, the one thing I really liked as well is because like like the mum uh, is Tony Collette. She, yeah, from Muriel's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. But also, yeah. <laughs> the Sixth Sense. Mm. Oh yeah. She's the mum in the Sixth Sense. She's yeah. she's the mum in the remake of Friday Night. Yes, she yep. is. She and is. she's in. She was in Velvet Goldmine playing essentially Angie Bowie. 
I've not seen that. Um, but she she's obviously Australian, um, and um, but I don't know about you. I just felt they got family resemblances so well. Yeah. Because she does look like she could be Linda's sister. Yeah, yeah, she absolutely They do does. look very similar. And, like, the kids both really look like the dad. Like, the, the, a, the son and the daughter really do. Sort of, like, they've got the same sort of... I did make a note of that, actually. The casting in this is perfect. Yeah. It's, it couldn't be any... But, as you say, they all look kind of similar. Mm. They've all got very similar mannerisms... Yeah, they ju- and everybody in it is. There's nobody in it who's a weak link. Even no. the you know the cousins that are the two girls. Are yeah, like, like they just and they the Herman Merman a- substitute. You do feel that they wanted Herman Merman in, but maybe he's too old. Yeah, now. You said that, didn't you? Was that Herman Merman who? Uh, or Thurman Merman. Thurman Merman, yeah. sorry, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, that slack jawed, curly haired. Oh, uh, okay. From Trick or Treat, yeah, okay. And also, Aunt Dorothy is an actress, Con- uh, Conchata Farrell. Yeah. Um, she is, I don't know what, because I've never watched it, but I know it exists. But I think she's like the housekeeper in Two and a Half Men or something. I've not seen No. Her. I felt like I'd seen her in something. Well, she's in She's in Edward Cezanne. She's one of the, I think she's just one of the local women in Edward Cezanne she's in what a great movie she's a casting she's the casting director in True Romance but mainly frankly she has just run through American TV oh really yeah Rockford Files The Love Boat BJ and the Bear and its spin off The Misadventures of Sheriff Lobo Quincy Cagney and Lacey St Elsewhere ER Who's the Boss Murder She Wrote LA Law Buffy the Vampire Slayer Friends Sabrina the Teenage Witch Becca She's but everything just, she's been yeah, in she's everything. been pr- basically yeah in every show of, <coughs> you know she's yeah but also For the last I, 30 years but that. but it's weird because you just know how she's the right person for that mm. that she would have appeared in so many different things yeah. I mean she was like a female trucker in BJ and the Bear who's like a recurring character or something oh really <laughs> yeah but I th- and also just fuck me she gets all the best lines in this <laughs> yeah yeah was it? I'm old enough to know when life's running at you with its pants yeah. down. Um, I never liked kids, even when I was one. <laughs> you know, this 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 is brilliant. And also the reaction to Omi suddenly uh, speaking uh, English. English, yeah. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really like this film. I, I saw it on the big screen. Um, it was funny, actually, because there's something we should probably discuss is the ending. Mm. Um, so I saw it on the big screen at the premiere in Romford with Chris Jones. Um, and we went and saw it opening weekend. Um, and, then, <laughs> and it finished. And yeah, there were two chav girls in front of us. And literally, as the camera was panning back over all of the snow globes, she went, I don't get it. I just don't get it. <laughs> and I was like, I think that probably says all you need to ever hear to understand going to the cinema in Romford, really. <laughs> I You're think that right, just yeah. sums it all up. But I love that end, because as soon as it did, uh, oh, it was all just a dream, at first I was angry, mm. and then I was like... Do you know what? It's it's taking a cliche and making it 
obvious, so that's fine, and I then liked it. And then why, when it threw why, that why, further Am I going to show my relation with a Chav girl from Essex? But You don't was, get it. No, was it all... <laughs> Was it all a dream? Why did no, he get the no, present? No, it wasn't. It a can't dream. have been a dream. So, so they were cursed. Yeah, they were put in the snow globe. Y- yeah. So they were going to live that over and over again. Mm. That's yeah. That's one of the. Uh, that's kind of the impression I got. Um, so that's why at the end they didn't remember it. And but then as soon as he got the bell, yeah, yeah. became because they've done it before and yeah, again and again, okay. and again and it all became right, recurring. So I definitely didn't pick up that it become recurring. That was I don't. What think, I, I think I think it is ambiguous. Okay. You know they because it could just be, you know, it could just be a pullback to sort of <coughs> sum it up. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't. So, right, so so I thought he was watching them to make sure that they now acted decently see that that could also be the interpretation where they've remembered that something yeah, occurred happened. but it's been rewritten yeah and actually there is a that's tr- also yeah that's also a possibility because obviously like, when, the when, they, when they see I don't get it I don't get it I just don't get it <laughs> chip roll please <laughs> um, I love the way everyone in it is to, the the reaction at the end is just so mm, damn yeah, good yeah when they're all like uh, like Howard, like the other dad, and mm. they all—it's like yeah. it's proper fucking devastated. Yeah, which is just you know, it's it's a testament to it. But it also, when like you say, when it's sort of you think it's just going to be oh, it's been rewritten or it was just a dream or whatever like that. That even has a tradition in terms of Christmas films because you got things like it's a wonderful life. Yeah, where it's like oh, let me show you what could happen. Yeah. Or would have happened, you know, and that sort of thing. So, wait, is that is that Scrooge? No, no, ah. it's a wonderful life. Is um, uh, oh, Do you know what? Name? James Stewart. I've never seen it. I should have done. I've, I've I, I don't think I've seen it in completion. I've seen it when it, it's been on, and I've seen bits of it. But basically, the plot line is is that uh, James Stewart is a. Um, uh, right, runs the local bank and it's during the depression mm. um, like in a small town and everyone demands that basically when the stock markets crash and everything everyone goes there and demands their money he can't provide it and he's going to not be able to provide for his family and everything and he's going to kill himself and this is on Christmas Eve mm. it's a feel good film yeah. um, <laughs> and then an angel turns up and basically shows him how how the world would have been without him in it. Oh, okay. Because um, they do a similar thing. They do a similar thing in um, the Simpsons, but it just turns out that everyone would have had a much better life if Homer hadn't been there. Because like Marge <laughs> yeah. is like married to a millionaire yeah. and stuff like that. And even uh, although, and it is it is very much a Christmas Carol because it's, um, or uh, I mean, but certainly Black Adder's Christmas Carol because it gives you. Because when it's God. the glimpse of the future, where it's like, yeah, if you continue on your way, this, this is how it'll be. Yeah, but and if you turn be. bad, it'll go this way. Yeah. yeah. Blackadder's Christmas Carol. I will watch it at least three times in December every year without fail. It's you have to because it's a merry, messy Christmas. I remember the first time it aired as well. Yeah. 
They've cut bits out of it though, which really annoy me because they've got a. Uh, uh, it's the bit about the uh, children's nativity. Now that was cut out of yeah, because I bought the VHS version. Yeah. And it was cut out of that, and I bought the DVD version. And it was cut out. Of yeah. That. And then I downloaded a version legally, obviously, yeah. that obviously. put that line back in. Because the the edit cut is poor. Yeah, because it's a big laugh and then it just cuts. Yeah, and it to and it, it, the laughter stops too quickly for it to feel natural. And I always thought that's really weird. Mm. Yeah, and then when I saw it again and they put it back in, I was like, why did you cut? I mean, because like, I, I had it on video it's not that for years. Bad a line. I had it on video. Well, it's not only that; it's Blackadder. By the if you don't know what Blackadder's like by the time you get there, you shouldn't be watching. You shouldn't be watching Blackadder because <laughs> you're probably going to be offended by other bits. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's sort of it's yeah, it's a fucking ridiculous thing. But obviously, I'm assuming it was cut just because it was. It was Probably someone complained saying, "Oh, it was blasphemous." Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's, it's, it's a fucking comedy version of it, it's a comedy version of a Christmas Carol. You know, it's not going to be. It's a complete role reversal. Whereas, yeah. oh, you're such a lovely man. If you carry on being a lovely man, your ancestors will suffer. If you're a dick now, yeah, they will rule the universe. Maybe, maybe yeah. I should. I, I think I might really need to take that lesson to heart. <laughs> because I'm beginning to suspect that quite frankly I'm getting fucking nowhere so I am I've exactly the same nice guys finish last unfortunately and we're all too nice to ever really achieve much mind you I say that we're all happy yes I think we are all happy aren't we I'm happy everybody happy la 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 la, la. <laughs> right apparently Christine I tried, tried to type in Krampus and it turned into Krasnoyarsk which is apparently some sort of administrative city or something in Russia <laughs> and that sounded like you just both went Russian so now <laughs> I'm you, freaking out no, have you gone Spanish? oh you okay gone, uh, what? Is it because you're, using, you're not using Kaspersky as your yeah. uh, <laughs> they're, they're <laughs> subtle, subtly Ooh, nice, translating everything yeah. you typed in famous Russian <laughs> bastards did you mean famous <laughs> Russian heroes? topical yeah. Probably um, not by the time we get this goes out. Oh yeah, true. Not in two yeah, months. We'll all be dead. <laughs> like I said, that Kim Jong Un thing. I was going to say, yeah, we should probably address the. We uh, we, we, we will watch that. I think. Um, other film. This came out in 2015. Other films that came out around the same time: Spectre. You know the Bond movie. Uh, Steve Jobs, Victor Frankenstein, Hunger Games Part Two. Black Mass, Legend, the craze one, not um, oh yeah, yeah, not um, Tim Curry and Holmes. See now, I've not seen that, but having recently watched Taboo mm. and realising how much I like Tom Hardy, it's it's worth. But it. I hate gangster movies. This is the problem. It's I like the actor, but I hate the subject. It's worth it. I mean, it's I don't know. If you if you don't like gangster movies, it's probably not worth it. But yeah. Reggie is hilarious, and that's a terrible thing to say about a murderer, but he is. Uh, and frankly, they should have just given up on any other things and just said, Tom, do basically redo Bronson in the 60s in a suit. Yeah, that's that's pretty much you know, just go for that sort of thing. That's that's what we want, mate. Yeah, um, but yeah, if you, I still maintain, I mean, I love Tom Hardy, but I still maintain that the um, the standard ballet one. The Craze oh, yeah. is a better film. 
Yeah, so and you I, get more of the. I don't ever need to see that again. So if that's yeah, a better film, go. then yeah, I should probably not. But also coming out, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, mm. The Hateful Eight, The Revenant. You know the one where um, oh yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. get, gets bummed by a bear. Uh, the remake of Martyrs, apparently. I don't know. And the Charles were absolute pissing filth. <laughs> Just crap. Good. Just real wait, crap. Wait, wait, go back a second. Leonardo DiCaprio getting what? Raped by a bear. What film was that? The Revenant. <laughs> the Revenant. He gets raped by a bear. That's what I was told. I've not seen The Revenant, so I can't. I've not seen. I've, I've not, not seen The Revenant, but I was told I feel Leonardo like, DiCaprio is sexually assaulted by a bear. I feel a little doubt, but yeah, okay. I'm not 100%. I don't know because I I'm tempted to buy the uh, soundtrack by. Uh, uh, Japanese electronic pioneer Ryuichi Sakamoto, mm. uh, which does feature a track on there called Bear Bum. <laughs> so I don't know, you know, I think he was bear bummed. <laughs> bear backed by a bear up the bum is possibly what happens. Lovely. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful story, probably quite well told. Yeah, so, so I wrote here, Max is the only one left, so I liked that. When, mm. as he was trying, they were all trying to escape, and each of them were getting picked off, and then he was alone with his wonderful cousin. Yes, we're not sure whether it was Jordan or Stevie. I don't know because mm. they they kind of made them one of the wonderful yeah twins. And then she gets picked off. Yeah, and then he's trying to escape, but yeah, and it it then sort of reveals what happens when hope is lost, and that I think is quite profound. Oh, definitely. I think. Also, I think that it's it's interesting that at the very end he's willing to sacrifice yeah. himself, and at but that point, yeah. and at that point, it is for one of the the cousins. Do you know Di- what I mean? Directly, it's, yeah. That yeah. Because she she because obviously you don't know where what's happened to anyone rest, else. Yeah. Everyone presumably has been killed or mm. eaten or swallowed by the jack in the box or various <laughs> other things, but. Um, yeah, they you sort of assume uh, assume that pretty much they're the last two left, and then they go to that sort of almost like burning ceremony. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, big fire mm-hmm. pit hell type yeah. thing. And you kind of assume that, but again, like I say, he sort of he isn't that where he kind of redeems himself, or yes, yeah. like so he, he's been portrayed as kind of a wimp for the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, he's brave and he's willing to sacrifice himself in order f- to save. Yeah, so, someone who, you know, he pretty probably out of the lot of them had the least regard for, yeah. or you know, would have if you'd have proposed to him that he would be offering his life in return for them. Twenty four hours previously, yeah. he wouldn't have been thinking that way, and. Yeah, I think it's just a, a sort of um, yeah. It does get very like, but not preachy morality in any way. No, it allows you to just take from it. Mm, appreciate his kind of coming of age, almost. I suppose yeah. that sort of thing is yeah, growing up and taking taking control, mm, taking control, taking responsibility, and recognizing. Mm. Uh, recognising that yeah I don't get on with this person but it's not I think I would like to point out the um, the elves in this I'd forgotten 
I remembered Krampus. I remembered yeah. the the stupid ones. I remembered the um, the Jack in the Box and the scary bear and stuff. Oh, I've forgotten the elves. Yeah. In like the uh, the China masks. I've forgotten just how terrifying they are. <laughs> well, this this is another thing that I was when I was like uh, like re- researching into hmm. it. I don't think it's too ridiculous an expression. I think that's a, a very reasonable term. They re- they refer to the, they refer to those characters in it as the dark elves. Now, one of there's there's a character in it called Ruprecht the elf, and Ruprecht is. Um, a German figure, like folkloric figure, similar to Krampus, but not quite, called Necht Ruprecht. Um, and Ruprecht is a old name for the devil. You know, like old Harry is. Just makes me think of Dirty Rotten Scandals. But yes, of course, Ruprecht, Ruprecht the monkey Ruprecht, boy. Yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, and so he, but he sort of fulfills a similar role to the Krampus. Mm. But when the Krampus is involved, he is essentially Santa's little helper. It's sort of, he's just a helper elf of Saint Nicholas. Okay. And um, in the German version of The Simpsons, Santa's little helper is called Necht Ruprecht. But, and this is the bit that I liked, the Dark Elves, right? Mm. They've got nine. There's nine elves that appear in this. Yeah. They're based on... Have you ever heard of the Yule Lads? No. Now, the Yule Lads cre- are creatures from Icelandic folklore. Mm-hmm. And there's 13 of them in total. They're mischievous trolls dressed similarly to Santa. They've got like the red suits and the white beards mm-hmm. and the pointy hats. Um, and they in they are the offspring this is again this is all obviously all folklore because it's trolls and things um, but they are the offspring of two mountain trolls and I'm going to fuck these names up Le Pulao and Gryla okay and Gryla collects badly behaved children in a sack takes them back to their cave where the children are boiled and eaten so wow. again it's sort of fairly crosses over to like the Krampus thing so they've yeah. obviously made that connection of like bringing the children back in a sack um, but basically yeah the, the, the Yule lads um, originally were like they are in that they're troublemaking little bastards yeah. essentially and then in modern Icelandic culture they've now become a substitute for Santa and so they visit the house one by one leaving gifts in the shoes of good children or a potato in the shoes of a bad child. So again, you go back to that leaving the thing in the shoes, which links to the Krampus. And again, it's the, it's it's the naughty or nice stuff yeah. still. Um, they are, sometimes they're accompanied by the Yolokutorin, or Christmas cat or Yule cat, the huge black cat belonging to Gryla who devours anybody not wearing a new item of clothing. So in Icelandic tradition, one of the things you tend to get for Christmas will be a new item of clothing, ah. because otherwise the Christmas cat comes and eats you. So that's why children over there don't piss and moan about getting socks or no, a because or it's, a, it's essentially it's, it's the to save you. Yeah, ah. but and this is the bit that I <laughs> fucking clever, this is the bit I fucking love. The we've got, like I said, there's thirteen Yule lads in folklore in Icelandic folklore. 
In this, they've got twelve of the elves. Uh, they've got um, sorry, they've got nine of the elves, and they are credited under their Icelandic name. Mm. Like, and um, all of the people who play them are sort of shorter actors mm. who were standing body doubles or stuntmen for the Lord of the Rings films. Oh, really? So all of them like were involved in yeah, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and wow, sort of bits of and Chronicles of Narnia. I think a couple of them and everything. But you've got to hear these fucking names, man, because this is the English translation and it gives you an idea. Each of the Yule lads is named for what they what they do when they come to okay. play pranks and be mischievous. There's the sheep harasser. <laughs> There's the gully gawk. He hides in gullies waiting for an opportunity to sneak into the cow shed and steal milk. <laughs> There's the spoon licker. <laughs> That's an insult of this yeah. to happen. There's the door slammer. Um, this, is, this is my particular favourite. There's the sausage swiper, <laughs> who hides in the rafters and snatches sausages that were being smoked. <laughs> There's the window peeper, the doorway sniffer. What? Yep. Has an abnormally large nose and an acute sense of smell, which he uses to l- locate la fabral, which I believe is a foodstuff. Um, there's meat hook and candle stealer. Follows children in order to steal their candles, which in those days would have been made of tallow, so they were edible. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's the Yule lads. The the uh, the four who don't make didn't make it to Krampus were Stubby, Pot Scraper, Bowl Licker. And skier gobbler, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like sheep harasser. His description harasses sheep, but is impaired by his stiff peg legs. <laughs> but they've all got really evocative, like Icelandic names. Spoonlicker. Spoonlicker. I mean, that's fucking incredible. Doorway sniffer. I mean, that is just beautiful. <laughs> I'm gonna have to message my brother shortly, Steen, who was previously on the podcast for. Uh, Critters, I'm going to have to message him and call him a doorway sniffing spoon licker and just see I'm going to call him a sausage swiping window fever. <laughs> He's just going to think, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> but yeah, so that really, like you say, the elves are such a really cool thing in there, mm. uh, but they've taken that from a different uh, Christmas tradition or yeah. like December tradition from Iceland. And intermingled it with the Santa having elves and stuff like that. How brilliantly well researched. It's just fucking brilliant. Not only that, but also they've got such great little... uh, Like you say, like the masks and everything, they're just brilliant. Mm, Yeah. And it's such an effective thing where you've got like a mask essentially and some rags. But they... It works so, so well. They are sinister as fuck. They're really, really... Yeah, all strong characters, despite the fact they have a very small part mm. and don't really, you know, like you don't really get to know the characters. No, they're just but background they're... creatures. But there's so much that's gone into it because when I looked at the, when I was looking at like looking this up and I was looking at the cast list and there was all these Icelandic looking names and I was like, who the fuck are they? I don't know these. You know, I didn't think there were that many people in the film, and then you forget. But they'd they'd gone to the trouble of making sure that they all have an association to their name. So window mm. peeper is a face that is one of the first ones that appears at a window and stuff like that. So it's all sort of you know, there's a hell of a lot that's gone into there that is not 
surface. Like we said, it's the, it's the same attention to detail that was in um, Trick or Treat, mm. where the stories cross over and you don't always realise that you've seen people that are going to be mm. in the future stories until yeah. you go back and re-watch it two or three times and then it becomes apparent. Also, um, there is a, a, a further link to Trick or Treat is for Trick or Treat, they had to make their own sweets for the trick or treat things because obviously it's easier to do that than it is to like have Reese's Pieces or oh, yeah, yeah, Cadbury's course, yeah. or whatever you know so they made up their own sweet brands and um, the boys eating some of those sweets Max is eating those sweets oh, really? at <laughs> one point and even apparently one of the like the like the pumpkin uh, lollies is yeah. in there somewhere. Oh, really? Well. Yeah. And um, oh, and the other thing that I found that I found that just just amused me is that the bear and the robot are credited as themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say that another thing that we <coughs> again because it's it's the same as we had with Thanks Killing last week. Because it's such a great film, you forget the jarring opening sequence <laughs> that Black Friday opening yeah. that's just like Zombieland, where it's just mm. complete carnage set to very... Uh, um, well, like it, just a, a jaunty Christmas tune. Yeah, know, like and just watching people savage each other. Yes. Try and get, right. You, you just said, you said forget the start, and I was thinking... What? They just sat around and they? they were just chatting and it was just... I totally forgot the... the yeah, that is crazy. It's the insanity done. in the mall. Yeah. yeah the mauling in the mall, yeah. In a curious way, I suppose, it's like the, it's the thing of... Um, again, it's a Christmas horror film, so you go mm. through... You go through the various horrors of Christmas. You, you go through... The shopping bit of Christmas, yeah. which is horrible, and then you go through the big family dinner. Yeah, yeah which and in is between that, yeah, you have yeah. to go. You have to go and watch your kid do their nativity. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's all this sort of, and they're all played up to to the nth degree. Well, yeah, isn't there a sense that there's a lot of people out there who enjoy those sides of it? Oh, I'm sure I'm there are, but they're not the people who are <laughs> out there now <laughs> yeah. to watch uh, to watch Krampus. Yeah, Which is what I like. They know their target audience. And they know exactly they how they right. think. And they hit it absolutely perfectly. I they mean, know what they're doing. They get the job done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can honestly say I defy anyone to thrive or genuinely enjoy <coughs> shopping at Christmas. Mm. Like, physic- oh. like going physically into shops. I think we should do it. I think... <laughs> I think you're fucking mad. It's, it's the, biggest, the biggest horror of this year. Oh, dear. All three of us go shopping at Lakeside Christmas oh, Eve. Yeah. Sarah had, Sarah we had wouldn't fun. get within two miles of Lakeside on Christmas no, Eve. No, that's true. It's gridlocked. Sarah had a fantastic idea, though. As you know, in HMV, they started giving out loyalty cards. Hmm. She said, why don't they make it like a two-lane system? If you've got an HMV loyalty card... Oh, you can just you go, can go to the front. You can go to the till, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, They've got uh, a loyalty card till when you just... Yeah. Because yeah. like she said, she, she said, um, you know, back... I mean, this is... I mean, she shops online as much as anyone else now, but um, it used to be sort of like, 
I was in HMV, regular as clockwork, every Saturday, nine times out of ten I'd buy something, and then at Christmas I'd be like, hang on, where are all these Johnny Come Lately's come from? Yeah, you no, know, you're absolutely the, right. The, the queue is snaking round the store like three times. Yeah. And it's, uh, hang on, this year, this... Well, it's this, my this privilege. Was, yeah, yeah, this was 20 minutes last week, I've been in here an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's absolutely right, what a brilliant idea, well done Sarah. Yeah. Uh, you could do, I mean, even with like, sort of, because I mean, loads of places have loyalty cards now, even with like Tesco, Sainsbury's, that sort of thing, you could go in there and it's like, how many points have you got on your loyalty card? Oh, well, I've got 50. Oh, well, you, you get go, to, you get yeah. to the Express queue. Because otherwise you just have people going, yeah, I'll sign up for that, yeah. 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 So, we're talking about Christmas and its links to horror. Um, earlier on, before you were here, Adam, mm-hmm. I was discussing with Chris the the original link to Christmas from horror and how um, Christmas Eve tradition in the Victorian era used to be everybody got together on Christmas Eve around the fire and told ghost stories. It mm. was the it was every bit as big a part of the Christmas tradition as, you know, um a Christmas dinner and Yeah, all all the various things, the present giving and everything else like that. And the tree and Yeah, the midnight you know, going to midnight mass and everything, mm. all these things were very much you know, that was that was as much like you say, that was as much a part of it as anything. So because of that that's why M.R. James, who I don't think we've necessarily spoken about particularly so far, um, was such a... He's become such a prevalent ghostwriter, but that was how he got into it. So M.R. James was a... Well, he was an academic, and he was the dean of King's College, Cambridge. Is that right, Adam? I believe so, yeah. Um, Corroborate facts, right? Excellent. He check those there. Um, but yeah, so so he started writing ghost stories. Just he was part of what was called the Chit Chat Club at Cambridge, and it was just a you know like a boys' club where they'd all get together and boys' club and uh, talk about philosophy and whatnot. So he because it was Christmas and it was tradition to tell ghost stories. He started writing ghost stories of his own just to tell his friends or you know and his students, students yeah. yeah so he'd have the chit chat club would all go up to his um lodgings which was on the campus and they'd all sit and drink pot and he would tell he'd write these ghost stories just to tell them and he never thought an awful lot about them and he's now considered one of the greatest ghost story writers of all time. Really, they are phenomenal. They're, they're in very old English. Well, no, they're not in that old English because they were. No, they're, they're Victorian. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, so they are old-fashioned. Yes, but yeah. but not impenetrable. No, not at all by any means. So M. R. James wrote these ghost stories that he'd share every year. So he published them later on as anthology books, um, and they did really well. And then in the late 60s, the BBC picked them up and started running them every Christmas Eve. They'd make a ghost story for Christmas of the M.R. James stories. They did that for 10 or 12 years. Yeah. Um, well, they, they did they did M.R. James because it, it ran on from... They, they did, uh, I think, like the first ones roughly, like, very late 60s, I think. I was going to say 68. I was going to say 68. And then throughout the 70s, at Christmas, you would always get an M.R. James ghost story. 
as they moved into the 80s, they started getting, uh, they would have, uh, they did the Signalman, Charles Dickens' um, story, mm. and they also did... Oh, with uh, Denim Elliot. Yes, yeah. And they did various, um, like, modern ones, not not adaptions, they were just, they got scriptwriters to for... write a ghost story for Christmas. Yeah. Even uh, Nigel Neal, who did... Um, who did the original draft of Halloween 3 and did like Quatermass and stuff like mm. that, the stone tape, yeah. that is one of the ghost stories for Christmas as yeah. well. And then basically, yeah, the ghost stories, one one Christmas, uh, BBC didn't do one, so ITV adapted an M.R. Jones story. And they, they, they put that out. And then over the sort of, over the 80s and the sort of early 90s, they weren't really doing anything. And then after the success of the League of Gentlemen and Mark Gatiss, and well, the rest of them were doing stuff as well, but Mark Gatiss did an anthology series called Crooked House, which was a great ghost story for Christmas. Truly brilliant. And then... Yeah, and and then... And then... I can't think of his name, but uh, there was the guy who then adapted more M.R. James sort of like in the early 2000s. Uh, Mark Gates did a couple as well, but yeah, they, they like did some... Uh, they sort of went back to the tradition, but unfortunately it seems to have died it on its arse again, doesn't it? It does, unfortunately. Tractate Millith was two years ago now, which was the Blimey, last... I thought it was longer than that, to be honest. I was, you could be I right. I don't know. You could be right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, and they redid I Whistle and I'll Come to You. Uh, with, yeah, um, John Hurt. With John Hurt, which was, a, and I, I don't want to sound disparaging because you know it's John Hurt and everything, but I just don't think they they didn't capture that. They didn't quite. Of yeah, it. they didn't quite get it. Wait, so how have you heard these? Aside from that, then where? So the originals that came out in the seventies and eighties have been released on a an okay, almost so complete film, box films? set. Yeah. No, no, so they're so they TV audio. specials. Okay. So, so they're, they're TV, roughly 45 minutes 45 to an hour. An hour. Okay. Um, Adam bought me the box set three or four years ago, which is the majority of them. Okay. Um, it's missing a few of the rarer ones. Did you say this is BBC? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, and it's, it, oh, it's brilliant. Uh, the box set as well it also includes some Christopher Lee... Readings. Oh yeah, they're really okay. Great. Which are really so uh, on the. I think it might have been on the years that they didn't do them. They did a Christopher Lee reading of a, an M. R. James story. So he mm. would come in um, very much as James would have done into the study. And there's a lot of um, university age boys in cloaks and stuff drinking pool. And he sits down and just he doesn't read, but he tells the stories as they. Mm. would have been told by James at the time Um, so on the box set it's got a lot of those as extras so next episode we've all ranted about the things that we love about Mm. horror and Christmas and the connection between them Mm. and we're now going to sack all of that off and we are going to watch something that is not connected to any of the things we've previously mentioned except it is quite closely Knitted into the Eastern European folklore, Ed. or um, like um, Scandinavian. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so next time 
we are going to watch Rare Export, which oh. is a very yes. I don't so feel I like you're going I've, to say something. I've gained much from the title Rare Exports. No, that's that's the best thing. That's the best part. Uh, is you will go in. Don't Google it. Don't no. watch a trailer. I never do. Go into it completely unaware. Can, can you not tell? That's how it always is. <laughs> <laughs> His utter lack of preparedness. His utter... <laughs> it's, it's trust, though. Yeah, so next episode we will be watching Rare Exports, a foreign language film. Mm-hmm. So it's our first foreign yeah. language film yes. that we'd have covered. And I can barely speak English. <laughs> you find there'll be subtitles. That'd be alright. Yeah, but you can't read. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, you, we'll read it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, to wrap this up, yes, go and watch Rare Exports ready for mm. next week. Um, go rate and review us on iTunes. Um, we very much stars, appreciate it. Please. You can contact us at info at welcometora.com. Yes. Yeah. You can follow us on Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, so thanks for listening. Go and watch Rare Exports. Go and check out MR James. Um, and we will see you in a fortnight. Enjoy your Krampus. Yeah. Yes. Enjoy Christmas. Yeah, go and check out lots of Christmas stuff in the interim and let us know what you're up to. Cheers. Compliments of the season to you all. No.